Hi, this is Josh Collins with Dos Prestamos Lending. And if you want to create an impactful kingdom business, you should be listening to the Eternal Entrepreneur Podcast with my good friends, Joe Newton and Pierce Brantley. The Eternal Entrepreneur gives you the stories and strategies to gain freedom as a Christian business leader. You'll hear from real entrepreneurs who have learned how to partner with God, from making millions to filing bankruptcy. These are honest stories to help you hear God's voice and build a lasting legacy through business. Hello and welcome back and thank you for joining us for episode seven of the Eternal Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Pierce Brantley and along with my co-host, Joe Newton, and we could not be more excited to share with you our conversation today with Josh Collins. Josh is a serial entrepreneur whose companies have served multiple industries ranging from engineering, construction, and real estate. His unique approach to kingdom business has allowed him to couple ministry and momentum in incredible ways. Now, before we jump into the interview today, we want to ask if you would help us out by leaving us a five-star review and sharing the podcast with a friend. Also, if you'd like to stay in touch and get a free copy of the first chapter of my book, Calling, How to Partner with God in Any Business with Any Boss at Any Place in Life, and click on the link in the show notes to sign up for a weekly email or visit piercebrantley.co slash podcast. Now, on to the interview. Well, Josh Collins, welcome to the Eternal Entrepreneur Podcast. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate that. It's an Thanks. honor. It's uh, likewise an, an honor to have you here. And we just heard in the intro some of the highlights of your career and your life till now. And we always like to, to start off the episode by digging a little bit deeper and giving a little context to your story. So we know right now you're, you're focused on, on real estate and you have your own business, but can you kind of take us back, like even back to elementary school, Josh Collins? Did you always have the entrepreneurial bug or the desire to to own your own business? Or was this something that sort of has been birthed along the way for you? That's a kind of yes and no answer. It's really, I did have a lot of that that the Lord had put into me as, as a young person that uh, at one point I sold some candy. I think it was in the fourth grade. And I figured <laughs> out that if you buy a candy for 10 cents and you sell it for 25 cents, that there's, there's a margin there. And then that you can, you can have some more allowance money. And, and so I think that it was there a little bit, but there was also, um, opportunities that came along for me that really looking back in hindsight, I know that, that the Lord was taking me through a preparatory process of, he was preparing me for the next step. Each preceding stage prepares you for the next season or the next step that the Lord has for you. And and that's really apparent when you go back and you start looking at a history of your life. You look at you look at a lot of us work summer jobs. And so so what I did is I worked summer jobs at just the opportunities that were available. My first summer job was uh, working on a farm. My second was working on a farm. My third was doing ceramic tile. My fourth was these were all summers of different years. So my teenage years I was pretty busy doing different things. And so the last one was doing stucco and uh, drywall, drive it, drive it, it was drywall in, interior, um, drive it was an exterior product that looked like stucco that we would, we'd put on, we'd be up on scaffolding and applying this to sides of homes and buildings and so forth. But that was all a preparation for some of the stuff that I'm doing now. But I had no idea 
I was going to be doing. So yeah, and and as I as I kind of I was looking for a sign from the Lord on really what do you want me to do? Even when I was in high school, so I was probably 17, 18 years old when I was in that decision-making process of what am I going to do when I get into the real world, the workforce? Where do I want to go? What do I want to focus on? And I was in a Kiwanis club. Uh, it, was, it was a key club. It was like a branch of Kiwanis. And I, I told this group of people in our community kind of what I was looking to do as a career. I said, I have interest in being an electrician. Because as, as the different trades go, that was the one that would be indoors the most and probably <laughs> most conducive to a good environment. That was, that was my decision-making at the time. Those guys that are out digging trenches, they got it a lot harder than, than some of the guys, electricians, plumbers. And so I told them that, and uh, one of the guys that was in the, in the audience was an electrical contractor, and he, he uh, offered me a job, and that's where things kind of started. So. And so from that first job, was that something that you felt was going to be a a full career for you? Like you saw, hey, electrician, like I'm going to make a full career. This is it from now on. Or did you already kind of have in your mind, like, I'm going to become an electrician one day. I'm going to have my own company with that. Or had God given you any insight up to that point? What what would specifically happen? Or was this still just 100 percent? I just want to be indoors and I hear they get paid better than the, the ditch diggers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So one of the interesting things about um, the, the electrician's apprentice and, and the apprenticeship program is that you immediately start generating an income from, from day one. So you do night school, you work a, a job during the normal work week, and that's considered on-the-job training, which for an apprentice, each year you have to log at least 2,000 work hours under a journeyman. And so you actually generate income. And somebody did a, a study back then, and they said that if somebody went to school and another person was an electrician, that it would take the someone someone was going to school to be a doctor, for example, it would take them till they were about 52 years old to catch up with the income that an electrician would make. So I thought, man, that, that's, that's a pretty good return on investment for my time. So no, I didn't really have a... Have, a knowledge that that was going to be my career path or something else was going to be my career path. There really wasn't a plan. It was, it was more of, I just, I, I want to buy a truck. I want to do some different things that I, I wasn't able to do as a, as a young teenager. And so that was, that was my outlet for, for a job. And it, it seemed like a good thing to do at the time. So, yeah. Awesome. So, so kind of take us forward. What was the next big step for you when it came to that journey? Yeah. So I hated being an electrician's apprentice. It, it was, <laughs> remember how I said I didn't, to say. I didn't want to be outside. I didn't want to be the guy digging the trench. Well, that, that's what I was doing is, is I didn't realize, but a lot of electrical work is digging trenches is underground power lines. That's and funny. so I would, I would be outside in the snow with a shovel. That's what I was doing. And I would be, I was the lowest guy on the totem pole. So when there was between job moments, I was out picking weeds in front of the owner's house and mowing lawns. And mm. um, he's like, oh, you can do tile too. Well, why don't you retile my kitchen for me? So that, that's how I was doing a lot of my, uh, my work hours as, as my first <laughs> year of apprenticeship. So it wasn't fun. I did not enjoy it. The pay was not great. <laughs> so that, <laughs> that prompted me to uh, start looking elsewhere. And um, I, uh, I found a, an opportunity to uh, fill out an application at uh, 
a local industrial plant uh, where they made cheese and whey and, and milk products. And I applied for an electrician's apprenticeship job there and, and got that. And that was, that was really kind of the next large chapter in my life. I worked there for about seven years and consistently okay. doing that. I, I got my journeyman license while I was there, um, finished out the, the term of that apprenticeship and uh, started transitioning more because they, they were utilizing technology in that facility. I got more into the uh, industrial computers. And um, because that was directly correlated to wiring, every single device that was tied into those computers was wired. And so the electrician's job was to wire, to land the wires, to terminate all of the electronics into those computers. And uh, all that field wiring was stuff that I would do day after day. And I started wondering, maybe I could program one of these things. And, and so I went to school for that and um, got more into the programming side of industrial automation. And uh, just really found that 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 was my niche. That was my lane. I did. I enjoyed it. I'd go home and do it at night after job hours. I just really had a passion for it. And so that that was an area where I was really able to flourish and do well. And um, over the next few years, started another college program there locally and got an associate's degree in database and Internet technologies. And so that that was really a push in a different direction. Uh, for me. So yeah, I, I worked there and really enjoyed what I did. That was, that was really a, a fun opportunity. And then shortly after that, I, I had another really interesting, risky opportunity come up where I would be doing project work in Idaho, Utah, Oregon, Nevada. And um, I, I took that. I took that as well and started working there. I was probably in my mid-20s when I did that. And uh, that no, yeah, mid twenties. You know, I, was, I think I was about twenty six when I started doing that. That was a that was a really unique opportunity for me to start implementing some of those skills that I had I'd learned and 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 take them on the road to other industrial facilities like mining, gas and oil, power generation, things of that nature. So it really uh, it really broadened my horizons a lot. And so from there, kind of tell me where your, your heart was with the, with the Lord, what you were focused on, what, what was the daily relationship at that point? Yeah, honestly, I wasn't that connected with the Lord during that time. I, I was just trying to achieve and, and trying to build and trying to, to do better, faster, more. And uh, really, I really was not connected with the Lord that much at all. I was kind of in the, in the party scene at that, that time in my life. But I really did. Like I remember one of my one of my biggest customers and I. We were talking one day, and he he said something about the Lord, and he didn't believe in the Lord. And I was like, No, I I actually believe. I believe in God. I believe that that he is he is behind a lot of things, and and he is he's responsible for the success that that we have. And I do believe in him. And so. As any business owner knows, it's very, very difficult to branch out on your own. So when you leave that salary job and you go out and you, you launch into the unknown where you don't know if you're going to get one paycheck or two paychecks or just how it's going to happen, it's, it's very, very disconcerting for your confidence. And so um, that was one thing where I, I'd be very stressed out about not being able to make my mortgage payment. And, and I started saying to God, as I was driving to one of these projects, I would be like, God, you've got to 
help me make my mortgage payment. I just trust you. Like, I don't want to worry about this anymore. So I'm going to put this on you. I'm going to trust that you're going to take care of, of me through this situation. You're going to provide the, the finances and the funding that I need to make my bill. And, and boy, man, this, this business, it just took off. It did. Uh, I mean, I, like it, it was transitioning from one world to the other where you've always had, you know, a good steady job salary to where you're making like double, triple what you've ever made in a calendar year. And, and it was just, it was astounding the, the possibility that was there. And give me a and little that, context. So right now, what, which, what business are, are you in? Or is this when you've started your, your own company with, with your partner? Yes. Yeah. So we had an electrical contracting and electrical engineering firm. And we would do electrical design services and construction services for these industrial clients. So in this, in this case, most of the work that I was doing was at a gas and oil facility in Utah, in central Utah. And it was uh, very challenging. The, the work was really rigorous and very, very constrained to uh, schedule. You had to make the schedule. So, I mean, I, I worked very hard during that time. I'd basically roll out of bed and start doing CAD drawings for, for building design, for electrical layouts. And I would go all day long until I was exhausted and get back in bed and then roll out of bed the next morning and start <laughs> the same thing. So a lot of computer work, a lot of design work. And then go through that stage and then you'd actually go construct the buildings or the electrical components. So, you know, transformers, switch gear, things like that, that were, were used in their facilities. Josh, what was it like to start to, so you're going down a, a new adventure and it's an exciting one, but there's a lot of uncertainty in it. What's it feel like to kind of let the listeners know, to start saying, okay, God, these bills and these things, these worries that I have, ultimately, I'm going to rely on you to fulfill those things. I'm going to go about and do my best at the work that I promised to like my clients, so to speak. What did that kind of feel like? And was that a, a growing trust? Because you mentioned that it was kind of a thing that you did in the truck as you were kind of, there's probably different times, lots of different scenarios where it's really clear. But was that something that you grew in and, and that trust kind of grew up? Or was it one of those things that, I don't know, just personality-wise or whatever, was more natural for you to just kind of step into? That's a great question, Pierce. I, I really feel like it, it, I'm not inclined at all to, uh, to be trusting. I'm, I'm a very analytical and I'm plan-oriented. I like to do a lot of analysis on things to make sure I'm making the right decision. And, and so trusting that the Lord something, someone that you can't see, someone that a lot of times you question, you know, is this, is this really the right thing for me to be doing? And, and not getting a clear, defined answer on that. It's very difficult to do. So to be honest with you, I really don't know where that came from because I was, I was not pursuing the Lord, but I knew that, that he existed and that he was going, like, he wanted to help me. And I, I put that, that part of, of my worrying into his ballpark. The scripture says, cast your cares on him because he cares about you, cares mm. for you. And um, that was not something that uh, really came from me. That was, that was, I believe, something that, that he just helped me through. And, and as, you, as you go in this, it's like, I'm not in the same place anymore and I have a higher level of trust. So it's definitely a growth thing. And it's grace that comes from the Lord to be able to trust him to take care of these legitimately large needs. A mortgage is a legitimate 
financial requirement to make that. Like there's consequences if you don't pay your mortgage on time. Yeah. Same thing with your car. Yeah. You know, these are these are big things. Like there's a lot of impact that, that comes from the decisions you make and, and the outcome of those decisions. And so to trust, to put the trust and the result, the outcome of that into somebody else's hands, it's very difficult. It's very challenging to do that. But when you let go, it's also very relaxing. I can imagine. You know that he's got it. So that's a, that's a great question. Well, I think that's something, I think you hit on something that's really hard for most business owners to do is, and it, it, it this happens without us even thinking about it. And it's that you can easily kind of segregate the spiritual or silo the spiritual to Sunday mornings or to the weekends where like, this is kind of my relationship with God time. Right. And Monday through Friday is the rubber meets the road and I, there's stuff to do. And if we do that, then what happens is we actually get super isolated because we're focusing on the work and that work actually with the stress of that work and the worry of that work can actually pull us away from relationship with God. But you went the other direction. You said, okay, in the midst of this worry, I'm actually going to recognize it, hand it over to the Lord. And that actually made you probably without even recognizing it, more productive, more analytical, which is your skill set, and more capable of doing the work in front of you to do because you recognized it and you pushed into intimacy. And it's not, we think of intimacy, I think, so often as, as something that's like very touchy-feely, very emotional, very like I'm in the throes of love with the Father kind of thing. And maybe there's places for that type of stuff. But for you, it was, mm-hmm. Lord, we're in relationship. You're a provider. I can't do all of this on my own. Take this, and then you went forward, and that, and then there was a progression of relationship past that. You're not in a different. You're in a different place now than you were. So I just think that's really interesting to see in your own life. Yeah, I will say that that the way that you just described it is is looking back on it is the way that it actually occurred, hmm. but it it felt a lot more sloppy than that. It, it didn't feel, it didn't feel that good. It, it felt like, yeah, I feel disconnected from mm-hmm. the Lord. I feel detached from the Lord because I've been, I've been so mentally in another place and mm-hmm. unfocused on, on the things of God. So that's, that's really what I felt like. But um, actually what was happening unbeknownst to me was what you just described. Yeah. yeah. I think there's the process in the person with everything. Right. And, yeah. uh, and uh, I can't think of any relationship that isn't sloppy on some level. <laughs> well, take us take us uh, back to to this this journey, Josh. So at this point, you're running your own business. You're starting to actually see some success. Have you as you've called upon the Lord? Was that the invitation then for you to start to continue to go deeper, or is it still just a, as um, as as the roadblocks came up, you know, that place we've all been like SOS relationship with God yeah. or, or, or did it start to become more intimate as now you're seeing him show up on the day to day? Yeah. So so probably somewhere around this time, I really made a big transition to to just dedicate my life more to the Lord. So I, I started attending a church because I wasn't attending a church at, at the time over, over the time that I had my company. And some of the career activities prior to that, I, I really I didn't attend a church or, or really dedicate a lot of focused time to the Lord. But I started doing that. And that's when I, I really feel like a lot of things started to shift and transition. 
And I can't say one was because of the other. It was just, just like, I can't say it's necessarily cause and effect dynamic, but things started happening where the, the, the business grew. Um, we started getting larger contracts. Uh, we started having to hire employees and contract subcontract laborers to fulfill a lot of the consulting work that, that we had on the books. And we purchased another company. We started going in another direction. So this company was a fabrication company uh, that, that built gates. And that was kind of a kind of an organic type of business to, to what we were currently doing. But but very a lot, lot more different, a lot more mechanical than, than we thought. We were more in the electrical. This was more almost a mechanical and fabrication type business. And so there, there was also simultaneously a need for, for us to start building what we called e-houses, electrical buildings that were climate controlled. And so, uh, you know, I can probably send you a picture or two of that. But the, we would build these buildings. They were either 30 feet long or 20 feet long, and they were insulated and climate controlled for the housing of electrical equipment on these, on these facilities. So we'd build them at our site. We'd ship them on a truck to Wyoming. Uh, no, none to Wyoming. We did Utah, Nevada, Oregon, Idaho, and one went to Mexico. So, so we had we had these buildings that were being shipped out to different places, and and we would go start them up and deploy them and get them going. But there was there was a lot of activity, a lot of expansion and growth, and want to transition because this is really where the Lord started started doing something in my life. And and I realized that the grace for me to run this company was coming to an end. And, um, you know, having, having, you know, 20 plus employees and millions of dollars, I shouldn't, that makes it sound bigger than it is. So we would probably gross out between two and $3 million a year in the electrical company and, and a little bit less than that on the, uh, the, the gate and fabrication company. But so I don't want to want it to sound like I was doing a hundred million dollars a year. Cause that's not the case, but, but there, <laughs> there was a lot of activity there. And I just felt like something was changing. Like I, I hated my life. I hated where I was at. The grace for me operating that capacity in the company was, was just coming to an end. And I didn't care what happened. I didn't care what my future was. I, I, just, I just couldn't do that anymore. And, and it was the Lord really shifting and reorienting my heart towards Him. And I started, I started feeling like there was a key scripture uh, that he was giving me. And it, it was the, Jesus talked about a parable of a man that when he finds a treasure in a field, that he will go and sell everything that he has so he can purchase the field where the, the treasure resides. And I, I, that, that was the parable that, that symbolized my business dynamic at the time. And, and, and I, was, I was wanting to pursue what I would see and hear about in Scripture and on YouTube, there were there was some uh, ministers that were seeing a lot of healing, and you would see it in Scripture. You'd see it when you would read the Gospels, and and I wasn't seeing that where I was at. And and I was just like, man, God, I want to see you. I want to see you show up. I want to see somebody's somebody's back healed, somebody's headaches, just any condition. I want I want to see that. I want to know that that's real. And so all the all the change and shift at this time started occurring in my heart. And I knew that I had to sell my company. And, and it started happening probably about a year prior to that. I had one conversation with my business partner and, and we just, you know, he tried to talk me into staying and making, getting involved in, in some local churches that were in our area. 
And, um, you know, I kind of put that on the back burner, but it just kept coming back up again. And about a year later, I I said, I've got to give you notice, like uh, in 90 days, I'm going to be gone. I'm going to, I'm going to sell my part of the company. I'm regardless of what happens, I'm leaving and I'm pursuing what I feel like the Lord is calling me to. And, and, and that was difficult for him. It was difficult for me. We had, we had the company valued at, at shortly prior to that. And it was, if I recall right, it was about $2.3 million what the company was worth. And that wasn't including the real estate and the, the shop, the offices. There was about four parcels that were tied to that. That wasn't including that. But I sold everything that I owned in that company and, and the real estate, three of the four parcels of real estate. I sold my part of that for 300000 And so it was like a fraction of what I could have got out of it. But there, there was a there was a, a time constraint there that I knew that if I didn't pursue the Lord at this season of my life, that I would miss out on something that was important and that was key for my future. And I didn't know what that was. And I went for it. There was a lot of conflict around moving across the United States is one thing. Selling your businesses, that's another layer of complexity altogether. There was a a couple of businesses to sell and then the real estate to, to settle up on. And, and there was just a, a lot around that. And it didn't matter. You know, I knew that, knew that I needed to go a different direction. So that, that, was, that was very challenging and that was very difficult. And then you hit the time when that, that money runs out and you don't have any solution. You don't, have, you don't have anywhere to go or what do you do? You start back over and uh, open up a new electrical company. I really couldn't do that because I had a no-compete agreement. And I felt I could have done that in Texas. I could have done that in Arkansas, where we lived at the time. But I just really felt the Lord pushing me in a different direction. And And the unique and amazing thing is, is that when the Lord calls you to do something, and you don't have the answers, which almost always you don't, when you're walking and, and following the Lord, He doesn't give you the the 10-year plan. He doesn't give you the five-year plan. He gives you the <laughs> daily plan. And, and that's, that's what I had is, is that, that God would supernaturally start sending us checks. And I'm not a minister. I'm not out with a shingle saying, you know, you can send your donations here. I've, I've got a nonprofit that you can donate. I, I didn't have anything like that. But the Lord always made a way for me to continue paying my bills. And, and uh, that's kind of where I, I ended up in Arkansas is uh, dazed and confused and uh, excited about what the Lord had. So, yeah, that throws you a little curveball. What do you ask from there? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So at that point, you were just full on going after the the Lord. It it sounds like that you had known that the, the season had come to an end for you to sell your business and to put all of your, your focus, time, and, and energy on, on, on seeking him. Correct? That's correct. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I, I do that every day. I mean, every day I would be studying the scriptures and, and I, I would want to demonstrate. I, I wouldn't want to just read about it. I would want to experience it, to try it out. And um, I, I had a, a missionary that told me a sign of God's presence is that you feel tears, right? Like that's, that's the sign of God's presence is it's he's near, you know, the Holy Spirit is near when, when you feel tears coming and, and, um, you learn the language of one of the things she told me is you learn the language of the Holy Spirit by spending time with the children 
and with the poor because they have nothing that they can give to you. Mm. And so, you know, in, in preparation to go on a mission trip, I just thought, you know, like we have poor people in our community and I could, I could start reaching out to them. So I started doing homeless ministry. I'd, I'd take them food. I'd take my guitar down to the, the bus stop and to uh, where they live down in the, there was a place down by the river where they all, a lot of them lived in some tents. And I, w- I would just go and I would go after it trying to pray for them and see miracles and, and help them out. And boy, some of the amazing things that happened there were just absolutely, absolutely incredible that the Lord would show up and, and people would get miraculously healed. It was like, it was like the, the Bible days coming to life. And that was, that was more fulfilling to me than anything I had ever done in my life. Business accomplishments, good, bad, or indifferent, like this trumped it all. Josh, uh, I'm so curious because, I mean, so I think there's different kinds of boldness. There's entrepreneurial boldness, and then there's, there's kind of the spirit boldness of going and taking risks. Do you find that they come from different places, or do they feel similar when you're operating in them? That's actually a really good question. I, I, don't, I don't know how to answer that, other than that I can give you kind of my experience, is that I feel like... When, when I make a business decision, a lot of times there's a lot of uncertainty behind it. And I know that I, I try to seek the Lord on those things. But when I pull the, the trigger on, on like some kind of real estate interaction, there's, there's a lot of risk that's associated with that. And you don't know the outcome. So it, it, feels, it feels somewhat similar. But um, I guess it, it really depends. It, it, it depends on if you view that that business as, as a, a spiritual endeavor or a business endeavor. So they, they, would, they would feel very similar in a lot of cases if you viewed it from the right perspective. But I would say that probably nine times out of 10, the business interaction feels different than praying for somebody. That makes sense. Okay, cool. So uh, tell us that then, then what happened at, at this point? Because I know eventually you get back into... Uh, starting your own company again. You've gone to to Africa. You're you're ministering to people. You're there in Arkansas. How, how did the Lord start bringing your heart back into to business after this season? So we had we had a tough experience with the church that we were in. I'd say just religion in general. We had a tough experience with that because they they weren't they didn't welcome me with with arms wide open going out to pray for people on the street. Because it, it didn't it didn't really fit their ministry model, so I, I can't say that they were adversarial to that, but it definitely was was not welcomed, and and we felt the Lord starting to nudge us out of that that religious context that we were in. And one of the things for that is we when we went to Africa, really one of the things that really just opened up my eyes and and blew my mind is that we went to this village. It was out in the middle of nowhere. It was nighttime. It was dark. We were surrounded by Muslims people that had never heard about Jesus. And we showed them a, a video that was in their language, had their language dubbed into the video. So the, 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 the actors, their mouths would move and they would dub in the, the local dialect so, so that people could understand the story of Jesus, the gospel. And then we prayed for them. And there was this boy that, that went by in the prayer line and it, he was seven years old and he was blind from birth. And I saw, I watched his eyes open up and start looking around and seeing. And the the people there, like the next day, this was this was the next day, 
uh, the the chief of the village who's kind of responsible for all the people. There was there's probably fifteen hundred people or so in that in that village, and he's like, we knew this boy. He was blind from birth, and and he sees now. And so we give glory to Jesus. You know, we're going to follow Jesus. And there was also two or three uh, girls that were deaf, and their ears opened up. Like just just during that one night, like it's just like, and God blows your mind with stuff like that. It's like money becomes very unimportant when you see something on that scale just just happen in front of your eyes. You would leave anything that you have to experience that for that to be your new normal. And so um, my wife and I started making our transition out out of this church that was 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 not really in support of what we were seeing there, and. We got this word, this this uh, prophetic word when we were we went to Dubai. We and, and that's another story altogether. But just suffice it to say, we we got this word, and the and the guy he said, "I have a word for you, and that is that I want to acknowledge that you love ministry and that you're part of ministry, but you have this this gifting, this ability to see opportunity to create businesses, to create something out of nothing, and and that's where the Lord wants you." He said. He said, just like the, the man at the gate, beautiful, he's like, you, you've been looking at life through a lens of silver and gold, have I none? But now it's time for you as a business person to get up and walk. Mm. And so I was like, okay, that is like a, that is a release for me to step away from this, what I like conceptualized as a, as a traditional ministry role and step into the marketplace again and view it from a different perspective. And so then I started, my antennas were up for business at that point. And I was like, <laughs> God is releasing me to do business stuff again. Mm-hmm. And so that was, that was kind of exciting for me. And that was about the time we moved to Texas. And um, that's when I met you, Joe, is shortly after that. <laughs> and kind of un- unpack a little bit more. So with that, was that one of those just in the natural you started looking or did God give you a direction? Did he say, hey, look within the real estate sphere or what What, what did that partnership look like with the Lord transitioning yeah, into it, that, that new venture? It was both. It was both. I tried a lot of, a lot of crazy stuff that didn't work out. I tried a lot of things that, that didn't turn out so good. I tried a health business. I tried, tried going towards like a, a publication, like a periodical. And um, I thought I could make something like that work. And what I realized is that I kind of viewed myself in, in the business environment as almost like invincible. Like I, I had the answers and whatever I came up against, I would be successful at. And I found that that was not the case. <laughs> I found that, that there was a lot of things I tried that didn't work out that I thought were going to work out. So, yeah. so that, that, was, that was pretty humbling for me. You know, to, to think that I had it all figured out and I had all these answers and I had all this experience and then to come and just like fall flat on my face. Um, and that, that, that's that's really interesting that you get this powerful, pretty specific word from the Lord that you're released back into business. And then right after that, you start to fall on your face, if you will. Or I think that's an interesting thing that 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 sometimes happens with a with a lot of us to where we we hear one thing and we think we have the the solution or the answer you know oh thanks lord i'll take it from here mm-hmm. but to see that you know in your journey it it, it wasn't a direct from word to success i i think that's really important to acknowledge that yeah it, it is because it's just it's reality 
and and walking with the Lord is is reality. And it's it's scary a lot of times because you have this concept that things are going to be easy and they're going to roll out. But I feel like with the Lord and and with a lot of things, like the wheels turn very slowly. Yeah. Like the the preparation process takes much longer than we think it should. And we think we're ready way before we actually are. And so this was was me really trying to push in a direction that the Lord didn't open up, but he gave me more more insight into what specifically I should do. My wife and I had this family. It was a pastor came over to our house and and you know, we hung out a little bit. We did some worship. I just met this guy and like, man, I, I feel like the Lord has a prophetic word that he wants me to give you. And he started talking about real estate, how he saw me in real estate. And real estate was not not even on my radar. I had zero interest in in doing real estate at the time. And and so I took it and and uh, just just put that on the shelf. And it's like, God, if, if you're gonna open up a door to real estate, I wanna be I wanna be ready for it. And it was like two weeks later, I think, I got a call from an old friend that I met in Africa. And she's like, Josh, I just can't get you off my mind. I was I was thinking about you this afternoon and I'm hiring a consultant, a coach to come and teach me about real estate investment. I'm paying him about $12,000 to teach me for three days. I'm flying him in. And would you like to be a fly on the wall? And, and so that wow. was, that was right after I got some real estate direction. And it's just like, from then the Lord started opening doors and my paradigm of, of real estate started to, started to, to take shape. And I started to figure out like just technically what, what real estate was and what, you know, how I would function in this capacity, just, just really like a baby learning like, okay, what's an appraisal? Um, <laughs> what's the difference between an appraisal and a survey? I would have no idea. Like I, I barely knew how to spell word, the words real estate. It was, <laughs> it was really just, just not my area. So that was 2018. That wasn't very long ago. And, and I feel like the Lord has brought me on a crash course of, of so many, so many details and, and so much risk and difficult, uh, difficult situations that, that in the end have, have enabled me to, uh, to uh, do real estate at least at this point, very successfully. And uh, so go, go, here's, here's something. Let me ask you, how do you do real estate when you don't have any money? <laughs> you're, when you're out of money, your taxable income is basically zero. How do you, how do you go do real estate? That's, that's where I found myself is like, God, you're going to, you're going to have to show up and you're going to have to do something because this is, like you know, I don't I don't have the financial backing now. I've I've not had a stable income for two and a half years, and that's like that's a no no with lenders. If you're gonna if you're gonna go and get a loan for for an investment property, it's just it's just not gonna work. So the Lord started opening doors and opportunities, and um, it it worked out, and I I got my my first home under contract in 2019. And uh, all this construction experience that I was talking about before, it, it came into play because I rehabbed that home basically from the ground up. Most of the work was cosmetic. There was a little bit that was non-cosmetic, but, but yeah, there was a lot of work there. And, and those skills allowed me to be successful at, at that, that endeavor. And uh, from there, it just, it just grew from one to two to three to four. And 
And so I really started getting into some other areas more specific to the lending side and the financial side and, and found that that was, that was really an area that I had no idea about that, that uh, just worked well for me. And so after now you've started to find some traction w- within real estate, now that you look back at that transition from selling the business to the season of ministry and then being released into to something new, uh, what is your biggest takeaways or, or what, what are the, the, yeah, what are the biggest takeaways that you have from that transitional season now that you look back on it with, with perspective? Yeah. So really the biggest thing, and this might seem, seem a little bit unrelated to your question is, is the kingdom. The kingdom is really what, what the Lord was teaching me about through that, just through experience and through situations, he was teaching me the kingdom how the kingdom works. And the kingdom is something that having a a Christian background for many, many years, I never had a concept of what the kingdom was. And I I think a lot of Christians don't. But the one thing that Jesus taught about while he was on earth, more than anything else during his ministry, this is more than than prayer, fasting, and healing, is the kingdom. The kingdom was, was so paramount to his teaching the kingdom was that I, I believe that the Lord is showing, wanting to show business people and others, others of faith, you know, what is the kingdom? How does it work? How does the kingdom function? Because it's, it's so critical. It's so crucial to what, what his plans are on the earth. And it's so much bigger than my little real estate thing or my little company that I sold. And it's just, it's grand. It's, and it's not about me. It's about it's about him. And um, so, so after Jesus died and was resurrected, he was on the earth for 40 days. And if you had 40 days to, to spread a message, you had 40 days to, to prepare your followers for what was coming. What would you talk about? What would you teach? What would you emphasize? And Jesus talked about the kingdom. That's the, the message that he wanted to reinforce before he left is the kingdom. And so it, like we we spend a lot of time in Christianity talking about programs and and how to do this and how to attain that, but but what about the kingdom? Jesus was the the wisest man that ever walked the earth, and that was the one thing that he emphasized more than anything else in his earthly ministry was the kingdom. And an understanding of the kingdom is is something that I feel like through this entire process is, is something that I'm just barely starting to see. It's barely starting to emerge. And, and what I see coming is, is beautiful for us as, as business people. It's working in tandem with the Lord and not being in control and not being planned out, not having the answers, but him showing up when he needs to show up and doing things that only he can do. And every single one of my real estate transactions have been absolute miracles. They, um, they are something that, that with, without the Lord, just, just like seeing some people healed of, of pain in their knee or a problem with their arm or a shoulder, a back issue, God is doing miracles in business for, for business owners. And, and that's, that's part of the kingdom. But it's, it's, not, it's really not what it's, it's marketed or demonstrated to be by a lot of, a lot of uh Christian leaders. It's, it's not that uh, you do this and then you get that result. It's, uh, it's just a not even our thing. It's God doing stuff and uh, we get to go along with it. 
it's not about me, man. That's, I, I guess, <laughs> I guess the thing it's like, if you look at, there's, there's two different kingdoms. So there's the kingdom of, of this world and the kingdom of this world is, is we want to promote ourselves. We want to earn, we want to accumulate, we want to get more, but God's kingdom is like, it's like the inverse of that. It's like the first will be last and the last will be first. It's like down is up and down and, and down is up and up is down. It's the opposite. It's so, it, it's really emotionally confusing a lot of times. And so what it requires is a, a death to oneself on a regular basis, a death to, I think things should go this way and they're not going this way. And then the Lord the Lord will, um, in that process, it's, it's like he rides the crest of our weakness. Like we, we come up on this wave of like, we're almost ready to fail and he'll show up and, and provide a solution or an answer right at the last moment. We'll work so hard on one thing and it's, it, it's failing and God's in another area working on something that we have no concept of. And he's raising up something that we have no responsibility for, but it's for our benefit. That's so, so good. I think oftentimes, I think you hit on something that's so important when you think about being a kingdom entrepreneur, because oftentimes we think the Holy Spirit's like the wind, like he, he comes and he goes and we don't know where he's at. And it's kind of, kind of like, eh, maybe he's over here, maybe he's over there. And it's great when we catch him. But the reality is the Holy Spirit just has a better plan. He's not a non-planner. He has a better plan and it's getting lockstep right. with his planning process that actually brings life. And so while we're we are we're digging the most articulate, well-planned ditch in the world, he's like, have you thought about irrigation? Like he's got a whole other paradigm move over to the side that it's a highway of thinking right. and oftentimes I think the enemy almost condemns us and they'll be like, you just you haven't learned to listen to the Holy Spirit or you haven't learned how to kind of come under submission. And it's, it's not that at all. It's, it's a reality of understanding that the Holy Spirit is not a creative whim that kind of comes and goes and fixes things for us. He's actually a master builder. He's a master planner. And understanding that actually brings freedom and a lot of clarity. Yeah. No, that's, that's really good. Those are good comments. Uh, I, I think the kingdom is so critically paramount to everything that we do as business owners and followers of Jesus, that really it's almost an oversimplification to say that it's all about Jesus. It's all about what he wants. Like we're, we're his bride and we're doing things for his benefit because it's his kingdom. And that really just, that, that has no faith, no place in, in modern thinking because it's all us centered. It's all me centered. It's all about me and my plans and my wealth and right. how much money am I going to have at the end of this, this deal? And it's, it's, uh, man, it's just, it's just so much not about that, but you, I'm, I'm saying like for myself, I find that I start reverting to that, that here kingdom, not God's kingdom, but the kingdom of this world, I start reverting to that, that mentality and that mind space probably on a daily basis. Like there's, there's so much about staying connected with the Lord that it's like, it's not about me, but when, when it becomes not about me, the stress goes away. You know how much stress business owners are under? Yeah. Just like the, the weight that's on their chest, the weight that's on their heart, their, their cardiac 
cardiac arrest is is something that's that's very common for for business owners, mild chest pains and things like that, just because they're under so much immense stress on a sustained basis. Like it never stops. They go to sleep and they're under stress. They wake up and they're under stress. They go to work and they're under stress and it just never stops. And the bodies the Lord created us with were not constructed to handle the weight of that stress. So the world's kingdom tears us down. God's kingdom does not promote that stress. Ooh. It's, it's, the day, like it's, it's the daily thing. He's like, Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow. Like tomorrow has enough to worry about for itself without you bringing that into today and, and making it making today less amazing by bringing tomorrow's into it. He's like, just, just go with today. Go, go take that to a financial analyst and say, this is my one day plan. How do we work that into a stock part portfolio? <laughs> I guess he would come back with a uh, day trading. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, it's, it's uh, the kingdom is, is, is a beautiful place to live in. You know, it's, yeah. it's like you get, I get little glimpses of that. And, and someday I, I, I feel like I can probably articulate it a lot better than I can right now. Is that, that the Lord's just showing me little glimpses into what the kingdom looks like, primarily through nature and, and uh, you know, planting and animals and things like that, that we, we do here on our property, that, that the kingdom is just like, it, it just works. The, the way of this world is so not the kingdom. And that's not to be condemning was when people are doing some amazing things that, to help humanity, but the, the kingdom is, is so much more, so much bigger. And, um, it's so neglected. It's like a, it's like a world that we haven't explored yet. It's Man. like a place we haven't traveled much and we can't mm. articulate it because it's, it's so counter to our, our thoughts. It's so counter to our inclinations that, um, Jesus said to Nicodemus, you got to be born again. So I mean, there's, there's like this, this death process to come into the kingdom. There's, there's, it's, it's perceived like the, the door to enter into this kingdom is not a pleasant process. Mm. Man. Well, that's so good. I always hate to do this, but we're coming up on the end of our time. And, uh, I, I want to make sure that, that we, uh, honor your time as well as what we do at the end of every episode is we have our, our final five questions with our final five minutes. So we'll just rapid fire through those, but that was some great stuff. I know just with your heart and ours, we, we could probably go on about the, the kingdom for another hour uh, for sure. <laughs> um, well, all right. So Josh Collins, here's our final five. So question number one, what are the top three books, not including the Bible? They can be business, family, spiritual, cookbook. What, what are your top three must-read books to, to share with our audience? Okay. Well, this is a good question that I wasn't really prepared for. I'm just like the stuff that I've been reading lately is all relating to uh, financial stuff. When Money Dies is, is, a, is a good one. Fed Up is another good one by Danielle DiMartino Booth. I'd say probably one of the most impactful books that I've read relating to business recently. Startup Nation, that's a good one. That's about Israel. Uh, there was one here that I'm not finding it. And uh, the Founders' Dilemmas, that's a good one. Yeah, th those are a few books, but um, I, I can't really say that I have one that sticks out. I, I, I really do go through a lot of uh, reading material on a regular basis. I've always got a book or two that I'm going through. 
And um, I say like reading is very important. So each of those books has, has kind of helped mold the way that I think and look through a prism at uh, the situations that I'm in. So yeah, books are, books are great. <laughs> I love how some people are able to, to sneak in a, a four or five into the, the top three, but we'll, we'll take it. We always love a good book. Question number two, you can send a note card back to yourself when you were first starting off on your entrepreneurial journey. What are the three pieces of advice you're putting on that card? Okay, so, so number one, loosen up. Number two, trust in the Lord. That's, that's so Sunday school right there. That's so like generic, but, but there's so much power in, in just trusting in God. And uh, number three, I guess, would be the kingdom. Like, like learn about the kingdom. That's awesome. I, I can tell you, you've thought about, at least in some way, those before, because you kind of just rattled those off. And yeah, Sunday school, simple. I think there's, there's a reason why we always keep coming back to it, because there's that core truth there that we need to get in our hearts. Uh, question number three, how do you define success for yourself today? Oh, that, that's a fantastic, I love that question. Um, so, so that's, that's really been the pivotal thing for me that's, that's changed is, is my definition of success has completely changed. The, the metrics by which I gauge success are completely different. Used to be all money and now it's everything but money. Now it's, it's, uh, I want to keep my marriage. I want to maintain relationship with my children. I want to stay connected with Jesus. And, and, and so it's, it's really completely different than, um, than anything that, that I've had before. And I think it's, it's pretty countercultural to not have, have, uh, money where, where money is, is just really, it's, it's required to, um, it's required to buy, sell, trade, eat, pay for our house, utilities, like, like money is just like always there unfortunately. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's really, it's a, it's a deceptive money. is a very deceptive thing. I want to say something about money too, is I feel like, I feel like I've actually got to be really careful with money and how much I look about it, look at it and how much I think about it because money has a very deceptive quality to it where, where you start to put your trust in money. It's very easy to get hooked by that. And, you know, as, as business owners, I, I think that's, that's one of the key things is that if, if we can keep our trust off of money while dealing with money is our business, man, it's like, we're always counting it, calculating it, putting percentages on it, figuring out, projecting it into the future. Like we're always dealing with money. And so when we've always got it in front of our eyes, it's so easy for that to become an unknown God for us and to uh, be aware of what we're doing with, with money to keep it out of that, that God box and not put our trust in it is, is something that, that I think you, you've almost got to be very, very decision oriented about implementing a plan to not let money become your God. Mm, that's good. I mean, it's really good. I don't worship as much as I create spreadsheets about how to calculate <laughs> money. And so when that's always in front of your eyes, your eyes are the windows to your soul. And so I, I just, I want to throw that out there to any, any business people that are thinking about and calculating and spreadsheeting money information all the time. Like that is ever before your eyes and what you put before your eyes, you become like, mm -hmm. and you start to develop a relationship with that thing, whether it's money or a person. And, and so, yeah, as, as business people, yes. 
don't let that money become a God. It's so easy to do. That's, that's, yeah, that's good advice right there. Question number four, uh, when times have gotten tough, what's kept you from quitting? Connecting with the Lord on a regular basis. This just, it, it sounds so simple, but, but it seems almost impossible to be able to break from the monotony of work and connect with the Lord, like really connect, like, like sing a song, grab a, grab a, a YouTube video, grab a guitar and just really connect with the Lord on a Sunday school level. Like just Jesus, I love you right now. Like you are the reason I live. I thank you for the breath that's in my lungs. I thank you for what you're doing. And like right now I need your help in this situation. And, and, um, he shows up, he always shows up because he is our life and he's our breath and he's our happiness. Like we can't, we can't experience happiness without the Lord. Like there's elements of excitement, but they're, they're fleeting. It's, it's like a sugar high. It's not a true lasting happiness. It's something that's just, it's fleeting. It's momentary. When you buy a car, you know, you buy that nice shiny car. There's, there's those, those euphoric elements of happiness. They're not really happiness. They're just it's a, the sugar rush. <laughs> so, so yeah, you got to connect with the true source of joy and that's the Lord. That's so good. And I, I, I think that ties right back in what you're talking about with with money is that it's important what you put in front of you and whether that's a spreadsheet about money or it's that time of worship. I guess you could say putting Jesus in front of you uh, intentionally. I think that's 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 really good and and important to be in, intentional about about both of those. All right, question number five. Uh, what questions should we have asked that we didn't? I'm drawing a blank on that one. I, I'm not really sure. No, I, nothing's coming to mind, Joe. <laughs> well, that's all what right, Josh. You've asked. Which, <laughs> well, I, I know in this season, uh, you're not out there advertising or anything, but is there any place if someone wanted to connect with you or just learn more about what you're doing that they, they could find you? Yeah, absolutely. Send me an email, follow Christ from now on at gmail.com. Awesome. Well, Josh, thank you so much for taking the time and joining us here on The Eternal Entrepreneur. And uh, we can't wait to connect with you again. Thanks, guys. It was great. Thank you so much for listening today. If you enjoyed this show, please leave us a five-star review and share this with a friend. It would help us out tremendously. Also, If you'd like to stay in touch and get a free copy of the first chapter of Pierce's new book, Calling, How to Partner with God in Any Business with Any Boss at Any Place in Life, then click on the link in the show notes to sign up for our weekly email or visit piercebrantley.co slash podcast. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.